This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com Spotify. TommyJohn.com Spotify. See site for details. Hey, it's your host, Carter. I wanted to give you a little bit of a warning. Kids who are under the age of 13 might find some parts of our show a little bit scary, so listener discretion is advised. Now, enjoy the show. Okay, campers, time for bed. We got a big hike ahead of us tomorrow. Oh, come on. We're not tired. How about a bedtime story? Yeah, one story. Well, no, it's too scary. Please. Okay, okay, okay. But after this, lights out. We promise. All right. Okay. So a while back, there was a back road in the woods. It's funny because now that I think about it, it happened not far from here. You know, over by that creek we passed earlier today. Anyway, sometimes teenagers would drive down this road and park. You know, uh, to talk. That means kissing. (laughs) Okay, maybe there was a stolen kiss or two. But this night, the moon was full and they were in the car listening to some romantic music. And the girl says, wait, do you hear a scratching sound? And the boy honestly says, no, I don't hear anything. And they listen for a minute and all is quiet. So the boy decides now he's going to make his move. And yes, that means going in for a kiss. (laughs) And the girl says again, wait, I distinctly heard a scratching sound. But the boy hears nothing and they listen and it's quiet. Suddenly, the music stops, and an announcer comes on the radio with a news bulletin. A crazed maniac is loose in the woods. He's wanted for murder, and the police are after him, but he evaded their roadblocks. And the only way you can spot him is that instead of a right hand, he has a hook. Now the girl is terrified, and she asks the boy to drive her home. And the boy doesn't think it's a big deal, but she's persistent. So the boy gives in and drives the car back to her house. And the girl starts to get out of the car, but as soon as she opens the door, she screams, because there on the door is a hook. (laughs) All right, off to bed now. You were so scared, I saw you jump. I did not. Hey, I don't want to see any flashlights on in your tents. (laughs) Sweet dreams. It sounds like a harmless campfire story. A simple urban legend. The couple on Lover's Lane menaced by a crazed killer. It even has its own moral. 
Stop before the kissing starts, and the man with the hook won't actually kill you. Except it's more than a story. Because many believe that the tale of the hook man has its basis in a series of incidents in Texarkana in 1946. And what happened in Texarkana was all too real. Over the course of mere weeks, the town was rocked by a series of brutal attacks. The victims were couples, innocently minding their own business. Until this mysterious stranger struck without warning. Fear gripped the area. Who was responsible? Who was next? The police were at a loss. Who wouldn't be scared? The town was in a state of panic. Citizens arming themselves, locking themselves in at night. Officers patrolling streets and neighborhoods. In May of that year, a weekly paper, the Two States Press, described the scene best. Texarkana people are jittery, plain frightened, and with reason. Within a period of six weeks, five people have been murdered in cold blood, and the sixth critically wounded, escaping death by a seeming miracle. The question in the minds of most of the citizens is, when, where, and how soon will another tragedy shock the community? And who will be the victim or victims, since two deaths seem to be the design of the killer? Now the urban legend doesn't sound so harmless, does it? Because people are getting murdered. And these real murders remain unsolved. Welcome to Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories. I'm Carter Roy. And I'm Wendy McKenzie. Today, we're opening our investigation into the so-called Moonlight Murders. Also commonly known as the case of the Phantom Killer. Because couples are being brutally murdered. And the man responsible seems to disappear into thin air like a phantom. This is Episode 6 of Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories and episode one of the Phantom Killer case. If you want to review an episode of Unsolved Murders or to hear our investigation into other cases, you can find them all on your favorite podcast directory. Don't forget to subscribe. You can also listen on our website, parcast.com, spelled P-A-R-C-A-S-T dot com. A new episode comes out every other Tuesday. Visit our Facebook page, Parcast, to join the conversation. And now... Back to the Phantom Killer. Sometimes referred to as the Phantom Slayer. He has an entire town on edge. Because his attacks are regular and lethal. And folks are nervously waiting for the next one. What can be done to stop him? Because he hasn't been caught yet. And the fear is, he never will be. It's early 1946 in Texarkana, a small town of 44,000 people right on the border of Texas and Arkansas. The town is actually split in half along State Line Avenue, with people to the west living in the state of Texas in Bowie County, while people to the east are in another state and another county, Miller County, Arkansas. But those distinctions mean little to the friendly folks who often live in one side of town and work in the other. Martha, I heard Billy was back from overseas. We are delighted to have him back. That's great to hear. We'll see you at church on Sunday. Absolutely. Texarkana was founded in 1873 at the intersection of two railroads. It began as a railroad and lumber center, but developed in the 20th century into a regional agricultural processing, retail, wholesale, and service center. Starting in the 1940s, the largest regional employers were Red River Army Depot and Lone Star Army Ammunition Plant. Both of which had been established to supply the U.S. military, a job they performed admirably in World War II. Certainly, there were spots in Texarkana that weren't pristine. 
the dive bars, the rough neighborhoods. But all in all, Texarkana was a fairly typical American town in that early post-war period. With civic life based around work, school, church, and above all, family. Dad, can I borrow the car on Saturday night? Why? You got a hot date? No, just giving a ride to a friend. Is this a friend or a friend? Come on, Dad, jeez. In sum, Texarkana in 1946 was a nice place to live, work, and raise your kids. And not somewhere where you had to worry about their well-being. People left their doors unlocked at night. And children would stay out until their parents called them home. Charlie, Shelly Sue, come on in. But sadly, all that was about to change. The night would represent danger. And that meant holding your loved ones close. Charlie, Shelly Sue, tonight you're sleeping in the bedroom with me and your pa. Right there on that mattress on the floor. The town adopted a new way of living. And the protective feeling of safety would be gone forever. Jimmy Hollis was a 25-year-old insurance agent. All I'm saying is, God forbid something happens, you want to be covered. Hmm. And what's it going to cost me? It's very reasonable. And we can discuss it. But how much is peace of mind worth? Stop by the office and we'll set you up with a policy. He was living on State Line Avenue in Texarkana. And he had a date that Friday night with a young woman from Hooks, Texas. 19-year-old Mary Jean Larry. Hi, Mary Jean. Hi, Jimmy. You're looking nice tonight. You know my brother, Bob. Hello, Mary Jean. How are you, Bob? They were headed on a double date with Jimmy's brother, Bob, and his girlfriend. Bob was also an insurance agent. You gotta promise me, Bob. No shop talk tonight. I'll promise. Tonight we're gonna have fun. What? You mean talking insurance isn't fun? The two couples went to a theater downtown to see a movie. John Carradine in House of Dracula. I have a large popcorn and two Cokes. I'm really looking forward to seeing this picture. You sure it won't be too scary for you? I'm more worried about you. But don't fuss. If it gets bad, I hold your hand. After the movie let out, Bob and his date didn't want to ride all the way back to Mary Jean's house. Why don't you drop us off before you take her home? Sounds like a plan. So Jimmy dropped them off. Bob, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care. You too, Mary Jean. And started driving back to Texas. But Jimmy and Mary Jean weren't quite ready for the night to end. Are you up for some more fun? (laughs) You know I am. So they headed to a lateral road off Richmond that was known as a lover's lane. A lover's lane being a secluded area where people kiss, make out, or engage in sexual activity. In my day, we called it parking. I didn't realize you had a day. Well, not much of one because I didn't have a car, but uh, that wasn't a problem tonight for Jimmy Hollis and Mary Jean Larry. Well, here we are. Yes, here we are. It was February 22nd, 1946, just before midnight. The couple had been parked for about 10 minutes. Use your imagination when suddenly a man walked up to Jimmy's driver's side door and flashed a flashlight in his face. Hey, what's going on? You're blinding me. Is this some kind of prank, mister? Fella, you've got me mixed up with someone else. You've got the wrong man. But now Jimmy could see the stranger was holding a pistol. I don't want to kill you, fella. So do as I say. Both of you get out of the car. Okay, okay, take it easy. Jimmy, what's going on? He's got a gun, Mary Jean. I said, get out of the car. You got the wrong guy. Step out this side. Both of you. 
nice and easy. The girl, too. Please don't hurt us. It's gonna be all right, Mary Jean. Stand over there. We, we, we don't want any trouble. Take off your fucking britches. Uh, what? I said take off your fucking britches. Just do it, Jimmy. I, I don't. Please do it, Jimmy. No one has to get hurt. Okay, 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 but... There. All right. <laughs> oh! Ah. He did what you said. Why'd you have to do that? See? Here's his wallet. He doesn't have any money. You're lying. Where's your purse? I'm not carrying one. You're a f***ing liar. Oh. Get up. Why? Why are you doing this? Now run. Run! Uh. Stop! Uh. Out that way. Up the road. Uh. And you should have. Uh. I said shut uh. up. Mary Jean was having trouble running in high heels, but she headed for an old car she saw on the road. Help! You need to help me! However, the car was empty. So Mary Jean started running again. But she was no match for the speed of her assailant, who eventually caught up to her. Why are you running? Because you told me to. You're a liar. Ah. A filthy, stinking liar. Please. I'm gonna kill you. No. I'm gonna kill you. Go ahead and kill me. I'll be better off dead. Our story will continue in a moment after the break. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now, let's continue our story. On the night of February 22, 1946, a bruised and battered Mary Jean Larry lay on the ground. But surprisingly, she was still alive. Yes, her attacker had abused her. Later reports indicate she was sexually assaulted with the barrel of his gun. But she soldiered on. Somehow, she managed to get to her feet and confront her assailant. Go ahead and kill me. She took off running, believing that she was being chased. She ran for half a mile until she reached a residence on Blanton Street. And then pounded on the front door. Help me! Help! No one responded. Then a car started driving past. Wait, wait! I need help! But it didn't stop. Desperate and afraid, she ran to the back of the house. Help! I need help! Finally, the owners woke up. Oh my God! Help me! Come on in! And they called the authorities. We need help on Blanton Street! When the sheriff and three officers arrived on the scene, the attacker had already driven off. 
We need to get her to the hospital. Jimmy! Jimmy Hollis! He's back off Richmond. Mary Jean thought her boyfriend Jimmy was dead. But surprisingly, he too was alive. After the attack, Jimmy Hollis made his way to the main road and flagged down a passing motorist. Hey! Hey, stop! Stop! What are you doing in the road? Holy... Are you okay, mister? No! I need help. The Good Samaritan was able to contact a local funeral home ambulance, and Jimmy Hollis ended up in the hospital with three skull fractures. Mary Jean had minor cuts and received stitches for head wounds. The next day, Saturday, the details of the attack hit the front page of the evening edition of the Texarkana Daily News. Masked man feeds Texarkanian and girl. Wait, masked man? Yes, that was one of the details that came out when Bowie County Sheriff Bill Presley began to question Mary Jean Larry. He was a black man, about six feet tall. A black man? You sure about that? And he was wearing a white mask over his head with cutouts for his eyes and mouth. Cutouts? Yeah, like holes cut with scissors in a sheet. Meanwhile, Jimmy Hollis had a slightly different recollection. He was a young white man, about six feet tall. White? He wasn't black? No, no, he was a tanned white man. And he was wearing a mask? I don't recall seeing any mask. But to be honest, I didn't get a real good look at his face. Flashlight was right in my eyes, and once he bopped me over the head, I was down and out. So the authorities were hearing conflicting accounts. Which had them questioning Mary Jean a little harder. Now, Mary Jean, are you sure this was a black man? Yes, he was a light-skinned black man. I could tell because of the way he pronounced the curse words he growled. And you never saw him before? No, I've already told you that. He was a total stranger. Any reason why he would have Jimmy take off his pants? I don't know. He wanted his wallet. Mary Jean, Lord knows you've been through a lot. And it pains me to even have to bring this up. But if an ex-boyfriend happened to know about you and Jimmy Hollis and then followed you or came upon you in the car? No, that's not what happened. Just hear me out. If this ex saw you moving on with your life and in a jealous rage decided to take it out on Jimmy Hollis, you don't have to protect him. It wasn't an ex-boyfriend. So this stranger just picked you two out of the clear blue. No reason at all. I don't know why. Three fractures in the head for Jimmy, but none for you. Standing there in his underpants. He hurt me too. And he let you run off? Why? I don't know. Maybe he was scared off by the headlights on the road. It seems like they were a little skeptical of Mary Jean's story. In fairness, it was a random and isolated attack. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. Why go after this couple? Why would he say run and then don't run? Why did he say he was going to kill Mary Jean and then let her go? Why did they find Jimmy's pants 100 yards away? So the police were looking for some sort of crazed, violent lunatic? Well, Jimmy Hollis thought that. I know he's crazy. Crazy things he said to me made me feel his mind was warped. But obviously, we've learned a lot about criminal psychology since 1946. Back then, there was no such thing as profiling. Sure, because that was developed by the FBI in the 1970s. Still, they used many of the same techniques without realizing it. Visual analysis of the crime scene, the logical sequence of events, the presence or absence of certain characteristics. And what does that tell us in this case? It indicates several things. According to the FBI's behavioral unit, there is a difference between organized and disorganized killers. The organized killer uses slow, methodical planning and then cunning to cover up his involvement. 
These killers will often stalk the victim before grabbing him or her, kill them somewhere else, and then dump the body in a third location. The disorganized killer plans nothing and often attacks suddenly, without notice. So this suspect seems disorganized. Right. There's also a common characteristic that the criminal wants to exhibit power or control over his victims. This suspect certainly appears to be a control guy. Absolutely. Get out of the car, take off your pants, run, and then don't run. I'm gonna kill you. But he doesn't actually do it this time. If this was his first attack, maybe he hadn't worked himself up to that yet. And what else is a red flag? Many serial killers display antisocial personality disorder, or ASPD. There's a whole checklist of items involved with that, but suffice it to say, we see some of them here. From a total disregard for social norms to being highly paranoid and suspicious. Like when he thinks Mary Jean is lying to him. Exactly. But these signs are more obvious in hindsight. We're talking about the psychology of a serial killer, but at this point, no one has been killed. We only have one attack. And it's difficult to connect the dots until you have more dots. Which doesn't mean that the sheriff and the authorities weren't out looking for the perpetrator. Just at that early stage, the search would prove fruitless. And it wouldn't be until later that they realized that what they thought was an isolated attack... Help! I need help! ...was only the beginning in a string of terror. That's right. Only four weeks from now, they would be dealing with a whole new level of tragedy. And the true scope of the Phantom Killer would be clear. But at this point, all they had as premonition was an ominous warning from Jimmy Hollis. He thought he had killed me that night. Right after it happened, I told the deputy sheriff and the city attorney that that man was dangerous. He's a potential murderer. The next person he gets will be killed. We'll return to our story in just a moment from the ParCast Network. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. And now, back to Unsolved Murders. In the wake of the attack on Jimmy Hollis and Mary Jean Larry on Lover's Lane, the police were out looking for the perpetrator. Let's go back over the case file. Somewhere in there is a clue. Although they were coming up empty. I want you to double check with all your sources and informants to see if anyone knows anything. That's a dry hole, sir. And the people of Texarkana went about their daily lives. Hey, Mom. I'm home. You smell like pint. The curse of the working man. Are you staying for supper? Nope. Going out. Mmm. Anyone special? Don't know yet, but she's nice. 
She's working as a checker at the Red River Arsenal. The pervasive fear that would envelop their town was still weeks away. Come in. Hey, Dad. Sounds good, honey. We're eating dinner in five minutes. Sure thing. Do you need a ride to the dance on Saturday? Nope, Jerry's taking me this week. But the threat had been made clear to the first two victims of the Phantom Killer. (laughs) (laughs) Even though they felt lucky to be alive, they were still scared. Later, Jimmy would confess, I still get nervous when I think about it. At night, on the street, even downtown. And then there was poor Mary Jean. I would know his voice anywhere. Take off your fucking breeches. Haunted by the memory. You're a liar. It rings always in my ears. I'm gonna kill you. And soon she would be asking herself the question she couldn't get out of her head. Why didn't he kill me too? He killed so many others. On the next episode of Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories, the hunt for the phantom killer heats up. We're chasing a shrewd criminal who had left no stone unturned to conceal his identity and activities. As the famed Texas Ranger M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez joins the investigation. Be on the lookout. We're dealing with a cunning individual who will go to all lengths to avoid apprehension. The press descends on Texarkana to cover the growing story. There were so many reporters at the diner this morning, I couldn't even get a seat. Where are they coming from? You name it. Dallas, Denver, Fort Worth, Kansas City, New Orleans, St. Louis. I heard one guy with an English accent. Says he came all the way from London. The town hunkers down to protect itself. Here you go, Larry. The last box of ammunition in the store. (laughs) Thank you kindly. That's it. We're plumb out of guns and bullets. And an innocent trip to Lover's Lane. Why are you stopping here? I thought you might like to talk. (laughs) Yeah, talk. Becomes a rendezvous with destiny. (gasps) Did you hear that? Hear what? Is someone out there? Don't forget to subscribe to Unsolved Murders True Crime Stories on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. Or through our website, parcast.com. That's P-A-R-C-A-S-T dot com. A new episode of Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories, comes out every other Tuesday. Let us know what you think and join the conversation on our ParCast Facebook page. You can tweet us at ParCast Network. That's P-A-R-C-A-S-T Network. We thank you for listening. And we hope you'll join us for the next installment. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends. I'm Carter Roy. And I'm Wendy McKenzie. We'll see you next time. If we live till next time. Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories, was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It's produced by Ron and Max Cutler, digitally engineered by Ron Shapiro, and written by Stephen DeLello. Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories stars Carter Roy and Wendy McKenzie. The amazing cast of voice actors includes, by alphabetical order, Jerry Courtney Alstein, Mike Capozzi, Stephen Pinto, Gregory Polson and Vanessa Richardson. 